0: My name is Jake Foster, and I'm a reporter at Clarksville Now, where each week our team of experienced journalists write about the latest happenings in and around Clarksville. We cover it all from the latest restaurant openings to breaking news about our government, schools, and community leaders. Whether you're new to Clarksville or have lived here for the past 50 plus years, I'm sure something has piqued your interest this week. Here are the top stories trending right now on ClarksvilleNow.com. This is your week, your news, a Clarksville Now original podcast. All right, and here are your top stories for the week of February 6th. All right, so this is, this is brand new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is super exciting. We've got a whole panel of guests here. To my right, we have our, our editor-in-chief at uh, Clarksville now, Chris Smith. How are you doing, Jake? I, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited. This yeah. Is, this is new. New stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next to you, we have our uh, general manager here at 5 Star Radio, Katie Gamble.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: And then, of course, um, our producer over here, um, the, the famous Ryan Pluckelman, our operations director here. I want to point out something before we get started here. Uh,
2: Jake has three bosses in this building. Uh-oh. And they are all currently in a room with him <laughs> doing a podcast. So there is a lot of pressure on Jake Foster. Are you nervous,
0: Jake I really should be, but I'm not. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> that's because he has chutzpah. <laughs> it's
1: because he isn't in this room. He is the boss. That's true. Yeah. He doesn't. True. He is not in this room with three bosses. He's the boss in this room.
2: If you say that now, I mean, yeah, I'm going to take weird. advantage of that. So <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm not yeah. washing your car.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is,
0: uh, this is super cool. I'm really excited about this. Uh, basically, what this podcast is going to be, this is kind of the inaugural um, uh, Your Week, Your News podcast is the first one we're doing. And so basically what this is, it's going to a rundown of all of your stories from Clarksville mm-hmm. now this week and it's kind of cool because we'll get insight into each one of these stories and I don't really want to say read between the lines but you'll kind of get to expand between those lines a little bit we'll get to uh talk about some things that weren't um included in those articles just little tidbits and stuff uh so we'll start off with this one I, I our top story this week and it's it's blown up everybody's excited about this it's Skyline 500. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll read the first line of the article here. The Skyline 500 bar, the top, or the, I'm sorry, the top of the much anticipated Shelby's Trio downtown will soon hold its grand opening. So Shelby's Trio, and I was unfamiliar with this until I I moved here several months ago. Uh, This is a three-story, basically restaurant building.
1: Right, yeah. Mm. It's a concept that the Maynards came up with because Miss Maynard, Kathy Maynard, it was always her dream to be in the restaurant business. So... Mr. Maynard is making this, his wife's dream come a reality, which is a beautiful thing in and of itself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so Skyline 500 is going to be basically the first one of the three here.
1: It, it's a three-story concept, so the they're opening from the top down. So the top is their rooftop bar, which mm-hmm. then they'll serve some food. And then there's going to be a higher-end Italian restaurant on the second floor. And then the bottom floor, isn't that one called Joe's Garage?
3: Yeah, Joe's Garage. Uh, they're going to have a, a fancy car in there, a, a, yeah. what, a Shelby's Shelby, something. yeah. I, I don't know cars. It's going to be you a muscle made car. perfectly clear. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a muscle car on the ground floor is uh, what they've previously said. And it's going to be sort of American restaurant food.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Kind of a little bit of everything there. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, according to the video, the, the rooftop bar looked very uh, modern, very clean. very. Uh, it was pretty nice looking.
2: I was up there because I was in the video. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> one thing that I... That's why I point that out, everybody. That was me. Um, one thing I thought when I was there is it really felt... Like I wasn't in Clarksville. Mm -hmm. It felt like I was in downtown Nashville. It has that.
1: They did a good job with it. Yeah.
2: And people mm -hmm. are like, oh, it's cold outside. Why would you launch a rooftop bar in February? It's heated. They have ways of they can close all the windows and garage close it doors off. to close, yeah. Them. And they've got mm-hmm. f- like little fire pits outside and stuff.
1: It is like v- you didn't think they didn't think about it getting cold in Clarksville. Well, you right. know, all right.
3: the previous rooftop bars in Clarksville have been informal. And that's where you just go up on a roof and start knocking back some schlitz. And that can be really cold.
1: <laughs> yeah. That uh-huh. is
0: cold. We know what Chris but, is doing on Friday night. <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't even know there was another rooftop bar in Clarksville.
0: No, nothing official.
1: <laughs> nothing official.
2: <laughs> Your house does not count. It is a
1: Christmas house. Yes. <laughs> okay
2: what, was, but they're gonna have food as well right at this bar yeah they're gonna have tapas yes and um, google tapas it's it's small plates mm-hmm. and so it's food that you share so you can get like three plates and
1: like it takes three or four of those plates to fill me up oh absolutely <laughs> yeah
2: just pass it around the thing about yeah. tapas is i think this is a good it's a good date to take someone to a tapas place in,
1: not, not, not topless.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> right. hey, Did you say topless? <laughs> Top us. Top us. Top us. Top us, <laughs> Top us is a horrible date. Jake is <laughs> blushing over there. Jake, <laughs> Jake's face is red as the ClarksvilleNow.com logo. But no, I think it's a great date option to take someone to a topas place because you have to agree. So the two of mm-hmm. you have to navigate a menu
1: mm-hmm. and
2: see if you can agree.
0: On two or three plates. Oh my God, my wife and I are never going to eat. Yeah. That's
1: right. That's the, the, <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing. Please will be empty. I agree, with you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And another reason why this place might be a good place to have a date night mm. is because it is a beautiful view of Clark, downtown Clarksville and of the river.
2: Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's being nice beautiful all the time. Well, and one of the things, too, that I noticed when I was down there, I mean, you, know, you were here, Katie, you've been here for. Sixteen years, seventeen mm, years sixteen yeah Chris, you've been here for twenty years, oh gosh, uh twenty two. You know, when yeah. Jake was just a, a wee lad, Jay moved is to just Clarksville. A wee baby. Exactly. Well, J- J- Jake came home from the hospital, and Chris moved to Clarksville. Twenty-four years. Twenty-four you years.
3: I've been here. To, I am, I'm bad with math. That's why I went to journalism. Uh, I moved here in uh, 1999. So. Well, I was
0: born in 99. So. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so truly, when Jake was born, Chris is moving here. But yeah. the,
2: the intersection there on the corner of of Second and College was an old golf place for a while, and they still have the sign. They're going to put that old sign in Joe's garage. Mm-hmm. But then they had, remember the old fallen apart um, garage that was behind the golf place there. I do 2nd. not
1: remember I don't it. I
2: remember that. Answer. Well, thank was, goodness. It, it turned into an auto garage and, you know, cars would always be kind of hanging out, hanging out the back of the driveway. So you always had to, when you're going down that hill, you always had to occasionally avoid a bumper or two, but that originally started out. I didn't know this. It was a, it was a used bread store. And Lee Irwin right. told me he and his mom would go to that used bread store on the corner right there for years. And then it turned into a garage in some sort of disrepair. And then all of a sudden, what was it, 18 months ago, two years ago, mm-hmm. they started the construction of Shelby's Trio. Mm-hmm. And now you've got that incredible building in mm-hmm. that space right across the street from the FM Bank Arena. That whole area of downtown is completely different than it was when the three of us Mm -hmm. first got here Mm -hmm. years ago. And to think about how much that has just, how much the downtown has changed. And we
3: missed all that used bread. I've never heard of a used bread (laughs) So
1: (laughs) So Jake, um, (laughs) did they say when they were opening the rooftop bar what the dates were? I
0: believe they are going to do a grand opening on, uh, the article says February 27th, and I believe that's when all three will be open. Okay. And uh, the Rooftop Bar itself. So on Monday, mm-hmm. the 13th, Monday at four. Just in yeah. time
1: for Valentine's.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Perfect. And um, wh- one other thing I want to note here about uh, this business, uh, the Rooftop Bar, and, and this is something that you highlighted in the video, was they have what, 16 different cocktails? 16 different, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got to be the first person to sample one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you looked very happy in the video. I feel. Very I didn't important. know we could drink on the clock, by the way. I was so.
1: thinking that, but wasn't going to say it on, <laughs> <laughs> on this. The bosses are in yeah, the room Yeah, I wasn't going to say that in re- on recording.
2: Great. And now, Jake, thank you for that. Former operations manager, <laughs> Ryan Pluckelman, send your <laughs> resumes
0: to... There you go. Well, uh, speaking of restaurants, we had another restaurant story this week. And uh, Katie, I know you're really excited about this one. In fact, uh, you told me you ate there today. It's Duke's Thai food.
1: Yes, I love Duke. Uh, You know, she used to be down on Craft Street for years. I think she closed in 2015 and I ate in there probably three times a week. So I went today. And it was standing room only, so I was really excited for her. But it was just so interesting because all the people I used to run into down at 2015 at Duke's were all in there today too. (laughs) Same old, same crowd. So it's she also has American food though. It's it's some of the best Thai food you'd ever have. If you want a burger, she's got a burger too. That is
3: such an odd thing. I remember the one time I went there before they closed. um, The you know the the menu had a flip side. So it was American Mm -hmm. food on one side and Thai food on the other. I think same that was many. one of the first times my wife had Pad Thai, and mm-hmm. she loved it.
1: My favorite is her red curry chicken. And I had, since she closed, I have searched high and low for that same recipe to be able to find it somewhere else, and I have not been able to find it. It is mm-hmm. the best red curry chicken I've ever had in my entire life.
0: I've definitely heard that her food is unique, because if you go over to the uh, Duke's Thai Food Facebook page, um, the weeks leading up to the opening— uh, the comments are just flooded. They're like, oh, are you going to serve this? Are you going to serve this, this? And she's like, yeah, we're going to have the exact same menu that we had last time. So if you go into Duke's, it is it is the same mm-hmm. stuff that you had, you know, six, seven years ago. And uh, I had a great conversation with Duke as well. She, she has an incredible story. Yeah, you said she she retired and then unretired? She's retired three times, she told me. <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. and and
0: she said it didn't work out. (laughs) Michael Jordan?
1: She is is a little spitfire, though. I can see where she wouldn't uh, enjoy retirement Mm -hmm. because she's just not that person that sits still very well.
0: Yeah, and she came to America several years ago at the age of 15 with only five dollars in her pocket. Wow! And she, I mean, she literally built everything she has from the ground up. I mean, an insanely hard worker. And even when I was there yesterday, you know, she was running around making sure um, food was prepped for the next day and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is she is definitely uh, very busy. But uh, Duke's Thai food, super cool. I look forward to checking it out. Um, what are some of the Katie? Maybe you can um, talk about this a little bit. What are some of the uh, the top things on that menu that you like?
1: Um, well, t- a lot of people love. Her. Her pad thai, Mm there's several people getting that. She has a really good Thai soup that is delicious. Of course, the red curry chicken is my favorite. Um, she's got some teriyaki chicken I mean she's got some crab rangoon in there she's got her egg rolls her spring rolls I mean she there's a whole there's nothing in there that isn't delicious but one thing I would add to you know that as well is that she's not just a local business Mm -hmm. it's a family business because like today it was her and her husband and and daughter in the kitchen rolling out food and I don't know who the gentleman was working the register I kind of assume it might have been a son-in-law or something Mm -hmm. but it is truly a family business so I think that is uh, that kind of warmed my heart too to see family all pitching in, helping out. But it was packed. Now it is a small area. I would say that it's going to be a really good takeout. There's like four tables. You go to mm-hmm. the counter, you order, and then it gives you. She gives it to you and takeout stuff. But it is. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's I think delicious. she said
0: there was there was 16 seats available.
1: Yeah, it's not a lot of seats, but
0: um, but definitely a, a great takeout night. I've actually never had Thai food. You have. Mm-hmm. I have not had Thai food before. Okay, well. well
1: and here's something I'll add to it. A lot of people assume that it's really spicy. Mm-hmm. It can be, but she doesn't spice it all up. Like she gives you the food and then the side of spices, So you can make yours as spicy as you want or as unspicy as you want.
3: Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. So yeah. you
1: can do it as you want.
3: If, if you're kind of new to it, I suggest starting with Pad Thai because mm-hmm. it's essentially like peanut butter spaghetti. Okay, <laughs> yeah, um, with a little bit is of, that gins- little bit ginger, of and- <laughs> ginger and soy in it. Um, of course, if it's done right, you know it's a little more subtle than peanut butter spaghetti. But
1: it's delicious. It was a rice noodle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's gluten free for those who don't want to eat gluten's too.
2: Jake, you what you go. really need to do is you need to have Katie take you.
1: Okay, I'll take you, Jake.
2: Because there's no better guide through Dukes than Katie. Um, I went to Dukes for the first time with Katie, and this was years ago at the old location. And you know when your boss takes you out to lunch, you know you want to impress, and mm-hmm.
1: so <laughs> he wasn't sure. trying to impress me back then. Here's here's, <laughs> here's at least it didn't seem like <laughs> right. it.
2: Yeah. Here's Katie ordering all this hot food, and I I, I Ryan have,
1: doesn't like spicy food. I don't. Let's oh, point okay. this out.
2: I have delicate innards. And So <laughs> when Katie is ordering all this hot food, she's like, I'll take it hot. I'll take it hot. I'll take it hot. I'm like, I can't order mild. You know, mm. I gotta I gotta I gotta play the game. Oh, here. You didn't. Yeah, I did.
1: Oh and no, so, I, I did, I'm hearing this story for the first time ever. Wow. I, I did. Eight years old.
2: Yeah. I didn't order hot because I I can't hang with with Katie over there. But I wasn't going to order like no spice. Okay. so I ordered medium, right? Which I thought medium I able to handle. Medium. I'm a grown man. To tell you, my my delicate Wisconsin innards could not handle the medium. What did you
1: get that time?
2: <laughs> I don't, it was I, whatever you recommended, and I got Probably it Probably the red curry chicken, which red I love. Red curry chicken ah, medium. Yeah. yeah.
1: Today I had the red curry chicken. I had her papaya salad, which is nothing like what you would even imagine a papaya salad would taste mm-hmm. like. It's not sweet. And I had the crab rangoon.
2: All that to say, when you go with Katie, you can't keep up with her.
1: <laughs> we'll go next week we may have to get Carrie out and bring it back here but we'll go next week before this podcast next week
0: where, where's
2: their new location
0: jake it is on madison street let me pull it up
1: it's over there kind of by walmart on okay. madison street
0: yeah 2400 madison street in yeah. a uh, sweet 10
1: yeah, between like where woody's pizza and hananoki is in that same okay. shopping center there
0: uh, definitely pretty cool. And I'm sure, um, I forgot to mention this too. Uh, when she left here in 2015, she, that was when she was going to retire. Mm-hmm. And then she went down to Titusville, Florida and retirement didn't suit her. So she started a restaurant down there. So, um, she's actually leaving some, uh, hungry customers behind in Florida. So just thank you come back to Clarksville. for leaving yeah. them hungry customers behind,
1: <laughs> because I have missed you tremendously.
0: But what does it say about Clarksville
2: though? Mm-hmm. You go down to Florida, you retire, you're like, yeah, retirement stinks. Then you start a restaurant and you're like, mm. And you, you come back here. I mean, it says a lot about the city when you can leave, go down to Florida, which is where you're supposed to retire, mm. and then come back up here. So yeah, absolutely glad you're back.
1: She, I don't know if her, and I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if maybe her daughter went with her. Maybe she came back to be close to family. I don't know. She, she did
0: come back to, to mm-hmm. be close to family is what she told She's me. She's very
1: family oriented. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful spirit.
0: I believe she moved down there to be closer to her mother and then her mother passed away. Okay. And then that's kind of what prompted her moving back. Well, we're glad you're back. Listen, yeah, I ate
1: there so much when I was there is that when she was closing, she invited me that evening to like take leftovers home.
0: Oh, wow. You got oh, the final husband. meal at the original <laughs> Dukes?
1: I did. I, I, I was one of the lucky ones. Wow.
0: Cheeseburger and Pad Thai. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or as Chris
2: describes it, peanut butter noodles or (laughs) peanut peanut butter spaghetti. (laughs) Peanut
3: butter
1: spaghetti. Mm -hmm. You can get chicken in it, shrimp in it, just whatever you want. It's delicious. No one's
2: ever going to ask Chris to write their menu.
0: (laughs) He's like, stick to writing news stories, buddy. I know, right? Uh, Ryan, you mentioned a good point about, um, you know, how Clarksville is, how it brings people in. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is really going to bring some more people in is this convention center that's planned. Yeah. Um, so this was another one of our stories this week. Uh, the headline, Convention Center Plans IDB Enters into Option Agreement with Developer for 69-acre site in Clarksville. And this is something that has been years in the works, from my understanding. Um, actually, Chris, you, you and I had a meeting with uh, Buck Dillinger, the CEO, mm-hmm. and then uh, a couple of other folks. And um, one of the things that we, we talked about the most was... You know, Clarksville has all these big events, but you know we have to go up to Oak Grove or, or one of those convention centers mm-hmm. to host them. You know, we really need one here, and and it's happening. It's happening. Like this is this is the first step in that. So basically, um, this sixty nine acre site is just I, I believe it's northeast of Tonova. and they're working with a master developer. Who's basically going to take over the entire project and the convention center and hotel is going to be the first thing to kick this off. And then there's going to be a bunch of other businesses in there later. But they're they're working with the IDB to bring in what they call the right businesses because they want to develop this area that's um, basically want to cater it to Clarksville. They don't want to just copy some other development. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is going to be really cool. They um, they entered into the agreement with E2L. That was the name. I had to ask Michelle Huffmeyer after the meeting, like, how do you spell E2L? She's like, oh, it's just E, the number 2L. I was like, oh, well, that's well, that's way easier. All the good business <laughs> names have been taken. We're down to E2L. Uh, E2L Real Estate Solutions is the uh, the company that's going to be headlining that project, which is known as Project Rosebud.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. I love how they give all these projects mm-hmm. clever little names.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's something that I'm really excited about because I'm I'm really big into like Comic Con and stuff like that. So maybe we can uh, maybe we can get some of those here as soon as we get this uh, convention mm-hmm.
3: center up and going. Yeah, yeah, and a con- it's um, a convention center has basically been proposed in Clarksville for decades since um, I've
1: been here. Since we have both yeah, been here, yeah.
3: I mean, I remember back in the Piper administration, one of the initial ideas. Um, was to build some sort of a convention center downtown. Um, It went by conference center for a while, and that got very controversial. Um, The neat thing about this one, though, is it doesn't require a massive amount of taxpayer funding. Um, The county bought the land and then is now um, basically selling it off in pieces to uh, developers and retailers and that sort of thing. So it's not like the county is building a convention center. The county is... Greasing the wheels to make it happen, um, to prepare the land, get a buyer in place, to make sure the right development plan is happening, that they're not just going to put up a, you know, a shoebox store, but, but it's going to actually be a hotel and convention center on the property.
0: And that was really one of the caveats when the county purchased the land and kind of gave it over to the IDB to facilitate everything is, you know, you can gift up to 15 acres of this land as long as it goes towards a hotel and convention center. Mm-hmm. So um, they really want to make this happen.
1: So Jake, and when you were talking with the IDB, do they have any renderings or any pictures or anything that they how they want this to look at this point, or is it just right now we know this is going to happen?
0: Um, it's funny you mention that because um, this this is in the early stages, but a couple of weeks ago they were talking and they wanted to get basically an estimate done as to mm-hmm. um, how big of a convention center they would need so they could go to the developer and be like, Hey, we need this right size. So as soon as that appraisal, I I don't know if appraisal is the right word, maybe study. I think it was study. Yeah. yeah. So as as soon as that's done um, they'll work with the developer and the developer was actually in a meeting yesterday, um, this master developer was in a meeting with another developer yesterday um, with somebody who builds convention centers. They built one in in North Carolina and I think in a couple other places. So I think once all, all that is done, then we'll start to see some renderings and, and some more things like that. And, Um, as the ball gets rolling. But this was definitely the first step. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be great. It's needed. So,
3: yeah, if you look at, you know, basically, you know, a third of the proms or local high school proms are held at the Bruce Center up in Oak Grove, which is ridiculous. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The, you know, we have balls and galas happening in Oak Grove and in Nashville. And and we've got all these events that we're sending out of town, military balls, Mm -hmm. uh, which happen all the time. And we're sending them out of town. Why is all that money leaving Clarksville mm-hmm. when we're the population that needs that space? Well,
1: it's not just the money for people staying in the hotels. They eat out when they're here. The, the, the sales tax, that that's leaving us. Mm-hmm. They might go shopping and buy a new sweatshirt because they left the house thinking it was warm this morning. Now it's cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it, there's a, it's a more organic dollars leaving the community than you just physically realize and just renting a venue
3: plus nashville is um basically out of space there's a i've been to several conventions over the last few years that used to be located in nashville but now since the hotel rooms are so expensive in nashville and they're overbooked these conventions are being held in murfreesboro franklin brentwood i've been to at least the last three or four um Mm -hmm. down in um in rutherford county or williamson county so why aren't they being held in montgomery county i mean we're right there on the interstate so we could host them just as well as anybody else
2: I do think it's a perfect place for it too, because Ted Crozier Boulevard is not overcrowded at this point. I live off of Ted Crozier. I drive it every day. There's plenty of, you know, space available out there. And there's that road is already two lanes on each side. It's perfect for this development. And it's perfect when you think of ease to exit four, people, be able to get off really easily and get to this area. I think it's a perfect place for it. I know every time you guys do post a story, about some development. People are always concerned about traffic and parking. And I think the location for this is absolutely perfect right off the interstate, right in that part of town. And it is not on a road that's already crowded and overused.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. and you probably, a lot of people don't haven't probably paid attention to it, but they might now, but you know, when Ted Crozier was built, it was built with the idea that eventually there'd be something there. Because if you look and you're coming from the mall, that the road the cut-in is already there mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. something to happen out there. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, maybe, hopefully, this is for an exit 6. We need an exit mm-hmm. 6 to get to our hospital yeah. quicker. So, hopefully, something like that will kind of push that along quicker, too.
2: Chris, you'll know this because you remember everything, but wasn't there talk originally about an exit 6 right there on Dunlop when they are building the new hospital to Nova out there? Yeah, there's been talk for, there's
1: uh, been I they say, talk. decades, yeah.
3: so definitely years. Um, there's been talk about the need for an exit 6. Um, yeah, there's just too much traffic coming in and out of Clarksville to to skip that you know spot for an exit. So that'd be perfect for it. All right.
0: And one thing that I also want to mention um, that we haven't talked about yet is this master developer, um, the E2L Real Estate Solutions, they basically have a 12 month option on this land. So it's not a finalized agreement. And the reason they're doing this is because there's restrictions on the land currently. And so they want to make sure, you know, basically want to find out what else they can build on there before Mm -hmm. going through with it. Um, But one thing that E2L did say in the meeting is that they think it will happen much sooner than 12 months. Hmm. Which is
1: good, good to hear that means yeah. that the people in surrounding areas are cooperating and also realize that it's important,
0: yeah. he said there's been some really productive talks, which is good, which is always good. So
1: good to know. and um th-
0: there was actually quite a bit of news that came out of that meeting. I had two stories from that meeting, and I'll have a third next week on the podcast. So looking forward spoiler to spoiler alert, that everybody. Next week. That's your teaser for next <laughs> right. week. So come back, come back and listen. <laughs> Uh, but the next one I want to talk about, um, the headline is EV supplier to bring 68 mm-hmm. high-wage jobs to Clarksville in $70 million project. And this is called Project Atlantic. Uh, Katie, you mentioned the, uh, the, the names. cool names they have. So this is called Project Atlantic. And basically what this is, and they didn't announce the name of the company. This is this was officially announced yesterday. So this is a brand-new announcement Um, It's a company that's going to be located on a, I I believe it's Site 9 in the Industrial Development Mm -hmm. Park. And they basically supply components to EV manufacturers. Interesting.
1: And isn't, that's what, and I I don't know the answer, so I'm asking, that's what LG Kim was actually going to do is build the batteries, right?
0: So LG Kim will build the cathode material. Okay. um, For the batteries, which I believe is like a, Powdery substance? Yeah,
3: it's a okay. powdery substance that helps um, the, with the condu- condu- conductivity of the
0: battery. So
1: basically <laughs> I don't know exactly. that one thing has spurred other manufacturers to go, okay, let's...
3: And this was the whole idea of having MicroVast mm-hmm. and LG Chem, trying to bring in these large industries. One of the big advantages of that is you can bring in suppliers who are connected to that, and they all get, you know, basically, um, mm-hmm. they, they can supply to MicroVast and LG Chem or be part of the same industry. So basically... Um, electric, the electric vehicle industry is you know, kind of taking off in Clarksville as being a location for those kind of factories.
2: Which is amazing when you think about it. You know, I mean, and, and I don't think electric cars are going to be mass adopted for another 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see them, and, and we in Clarksville, I think it's because of the factories that we have here. We have Google here and what have you. You see a bigger concentration of electric cars here than you do other cities our size just because of the technology and all of that. But I mean, imagine 10 years from now. Like right now, you can get... When le- when the electric car first came out, when it was the GM EV1, and that would get like 20 miles of charge, and you'd have to charge it all night long to get that 20 miles. Here we are now where electric cars are getting 350, 400, some are getting 700 miles of range on a charge. They take about an hour and a half to charge. In 10 years, can you imagine how quickly it's going to be to charge a battery? If we If we went from... You know, just a couple years ago, overnight to an hour and a half, imagine in 10 years mm-hmm. when it's down to five minutes and you right, pull off right. the interstate where you used to go to a gas station and you plug your electric car into a little charger, you go in and grab a snack. Your car is fully charged when you're done. That's going to happen in a decade. And the great thing about Clarksville bringing all this electric vehicle business here is that's the wave of the future. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And to think that Clarksville is going to have all of these opportunities here is Mm -hmm. great. I think it speaks really well for the city and the strength of the city moving forward into the future.
1: Well, I think it speaks well to the people who are behind the scenes strategizing Mm -hmm on mm-hmm. what we can get and what we can attract and just making it make sense. There's, you know, that didn't happen all by accident. Right. There's people working hard.
3: Now, to they push know. back a little bit on that, th- <laughs> this is somewhat of a risk because we are basically gambling a large portion of Clarksville's industrial sector on electric vehicles mm-hmm. and electric vehicle batteries. Um, if a different technology were to develop that would be better or, you know, or, or say, electric vehicle turns out to be completely unsustainable, then we're stuck with this large industrial segment. That's not going to go anywhere. Um, But I think you've got to gamble on the future. You don't want to be the one, you know, um, city in America still building, you know, horse buggy whips when the modern automobile has been invented, you know? So we, so I think it is worthwhile to gamble on future technologies Mm -hmm. because if it pays off, and it is looking like it's a safe gamble, um, it'll pay off big time for Clarksville.
0: And really, hats off to Shay Hopkins and Josh Ward and Chris Self, all those guys over at the IDB, because uh, I've I've had several conversations with them over the last couple of weeks, and they work so hard over there to to make sure that they're they're bringing you know like we said earlier the right things to Clarksville, and I think you know you mentioned that it was kind of a gamble with these these EV um, plants, and I think the cool thing about this particular one, which we don't really know what exactly they're going to be producing component wise, is this will be a ten year pilot. Um, so it's much shorter, and it's going to be about a 31% discount. Um, but the reason that is, is because the land has to be graded, mm. and that is why that they're they're getting a little bit of a um, a discount on the price as well. Because there was a there was a big difference between the 2021 appraisal and the 23 appraisal, and I think they actually went with the 21 appraisal. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be super cool, Ryan. How are we doing on time? I, oh, we got time. Okay, cool. Cool, no, I, no rush. I saw you looking at the screen. I was like, oh, are we, are we, are we talking too long? That's what I do. Because <laughs> I didn't set a timer like you told me to do. You so. know what I got? I, Jake, I got you. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, I thanks, back. Appreciate it.
1: Hey, no time is too long as long as it stays interesting.
0: There we go. I think we're all interesting. I would hope right. so.
1: In my own mind.
2: <laughs> 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 but Katie, you can speak to this. Isn't it like I think it speaks to Clarksville that we can be choosy with who comes to town. There are some cities that would take any business. Like, you want to build here? Yes. We have, there's so much going on here. We can be choosy
1: and well, we, we can say yes or no. You know, thank you to people years ago who had enough foresight to go and buy land in the industrial park and mm-hmm. plan for that. We have something unique to be able to offer a lot of these industries when we're recruiting them to come in that. Um, A lot of communities just don't have. And that wasn't without somebody, some foresight and somebody thinking that through just years ago. And so that's one of the things that makes Clarksville unique when we're recruiting is we're able to, we have the land.
3: Mm I think it was, um, I'm pretty sure it was Mayor Golden um, said something really interesting. He didn't get into detail, and and I really wish he had. Um, during the uh, uh, mayor's power breakfast speech was basically state state of the city, state Mm -hmm. of the County speech. Um, He said that uh, we're turning people away. We're turning away businesses that are coming to us saying we want to build here. And the EDC and the IDB are saying, no, thanks, Mm -hmm. which, you know, there's a lot to unpack in that. If you think about what that alludes to, Mm -hmm. that means that there's companies coming here wanting to build something crappy or something disgusting or open a pig slaughterhouse or something. And our, our, our industrial and recruiting leaders are basically saying, no, that's not good enough that's for Clarksville. We, we want something better. And so we're actually able to be choosy about who we're letting build in Clarksville. We're not just letting anybody come in and build something.
2: You know, it's funny that my kids are most excited about the yum yum sauce factory coming to Clarksville. <laughs> <laughs> like, <that> was, <laughs> I don't think they're slaughtering pigs for the yum yum <laughs> no, sauce. No, they were so no. excited about that. Like What? They're building Yum Yum. They're making Yum Yum sauce in Clarksville. Yes. Yes, they are.
0: Yeah. And, and to um, piggyback off what you said, Chris, um, it reminded me of something that Buck said on Wednesday during the meeting is they're, they're fashioning these pilots now, these pilot programs that he said, um, and this is a direct quote, have more teeth in them. So um when they're bringing in these businesses they're they're really looking at the benefits for Clarksville um, uh, particularly the wage portion mm-hmm. of that, because you know we we see from l g kim and and um th- this project as well um you know for example this project i mean sixty eight jobs the the lowest job on here is going to pay fifty five thousand dollars a year um top top of the scale, i believe is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, uh, which is incredible and there's going to be sixty eight of those jobs mm mm-hmm. I mean that's that's 68 brand new jobs for Clarksville.
3: Yeah, and that's um, that's the kind of stuff that we've been talking about for a long time. So, you know, we we can bring in the or at least historically we can bring in the jobs. You know, paying you know 10 to 15 dollars an hour, which you know, great, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> what we really want is bringing in a bunch of jobs to pay you know six figures and close to it. Mm-hmm. That's what Clarksville has been lacking in its um uh, in its population for a long time and um we're starting to see a lot of a lot more of that and um and our industrial recruiters are pushing hard for that um you know hopefully and with this um office park that they're talking about you know that could also bring in some possible headquarters and that's where you're really talking about um some high pay, high paying jobs mm-hmm. that
0: would that would help everybody you know just throw a Buckys in there too, why not? And I was just thinking about
1: Bucky's. Like I have been trying to understand I don't understand Bucky's, so but that's a whole different news story.
2: It's a big gas station apparently with a lot of food and stuff inside. It's like if you take a Walmart and then you put a bunch of gas pumps in front of it and then you sell brisket.
0: That's how mm. I've heard it described. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like that is that is Bucky's to the T. It's just mm. a gas station. I with went brisket. and looked
1: because I thought, well, if they're building all this, are they a publicly traded company? No, they are privately owned still. So I thought that interesting mm. for such a big company. Yeah.
0: Someone's making a lot of money. And apparently they have really clean ba- bathrooms. I've heard that. Yeah. A uh, biggest gas station bathroom actually in existence. They, they have a world record for that.
1: Oh, wow. wow. Like, yeah. I wonder who goes around and judges that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, somebody yeah. is getting paid for that. Yeah,
1: I know, right? What do you do for a living? Oh, I judge the size of bathrooms. I travel. I wow, there's travel.
0: 24 urinals in here. That's that's yeah. incredible. What no. was that competition like, though? <laughs> you know, I mean, how many different bathrooms this guy had to sir, go to?
1: Do you mind? Uh, I can't go in there right now. Can we make sure there's no men in there? I'm measuring. I'm measuring. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Gotta
0: figure if it's big or not.
2: Wow,
3: Uh, let's move on. All right, moving on. So uh,
0: another story we had this week. uh, This came out on Tuesday, and this was by our uh, phenomenal sports reporter Christian Brown. Uh, Great job on this, Christian. By the way, Um, headline is Montgomery County still plans to bring Stokesfield alive despite collapse of Northwest Little League. And I'm going to be honest; I'm I'm not a sports guy, and every time I say that, people laugh because they know I'm not a sports guy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this is this was something that was really interesting. So I guess Northwest Little League was in existence for about 50 years, a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, they recently disbanded um, because of simply because of lack of volunteers and um, people to run the board. And, you know, I I come from a small town. So so this is where I get confused. Uh, Clarksville had multiple Little Leagues,
1: I guess. There's a different little league and I couldn't name them all in different Mm -hmm. areas of the town. Like you've got one out there at Civitan Park. That's what St. Bethlehem little league. And then you had Northwest, you might have Northeast. Then you've got one that plays over there behind Barksdale. So yes, there are different little leagues in different areas of town.
0: I know that, um, let me scroll down here because that's where Christian put it. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, kids that were involved in the Northwest Little League territory will be divided between St. Bethlehem Little League and Clarksville National Little League. Clarksville uh, Little Nationals
1: League. is the one behind Barksdale.
0: Okay, yeah. So th- they'll still get a chance to play, which is really good. And and really another uh, good news piece to come out of this story as well was the fact that they're still going to revive Stokes Field. I mean, I believe the county's putting $8 million into Stokes Field to revive it, even though that... Uh, the Little League has been disbanded. But, you know, once this field is up and running, maybe there'll be more people come forward and want to volunteer and, and bring this league back. You never know.
1: Well, that, you know, anytime you can make a park better in an area of town, you whether it's Little League or even just a place to take a kid to swing, it's good for that community to, to have a place that the community can go to and just be outdoors.
2: Mm-hmm. And if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, park had been in real disrepair for a long time and there's been talk about reviving that field for a very long time it had been neglected for a very long time and um you know it's one of those dynamics
3: where the parents and community um in other parts of town have poured money into you know fixing up stuff putting in you know stadiums or lighting and all that kind of stuff and the um that area of town is not as well to do and so stokes field has just sort of over the decades, kind of fallen by the wayside, and um, so the county has, you know, stepped up and said they're going to pour some money into it and revitalize that um, that field because it's basically in an area where you don't have a bunch of families in the surrounding neighborhoods who are going to put money into it.
1: Random question that has nothing to do with anything, and I don't know if any of you know the answer to it, but why is it named Stokes Field? Who was Stokes?
3: If I had my computer in front of me, I could look it up. Here, it, I, I have a computer. <laughs> no, I mean, Jake's what, got a computer in front no, of me. He's got to
1: be a person is, that was really yeah, did something right. good for that community I, I, at some point.
3: I, I saw something about it at some point over the last few years. It's somebody with last name Stokes who lived in that area. It's named okay. after somebody. Okay. That made or a or difference
1: in the community yeah. over there. Okay.
2: Any relation to our sports guy, Van Stokes? Van Stokes? You know, Clarksville's a small town. Probably I don't know, so. but I
1: bet he'll know. He's been here for like a gazillion years. I'm
2: gonna text him right now and see if he. All right. <laughs> by That's the nice end of this, this podcast, podcast. Not, we will yeah. have an but answer. It's on Jake, gets on that. But no, it's great to see <laughs> revitalizing little league. Mm-hmm. I think sports, when you're a kid, are so important. Mm-hmm. It's team building. It's confidence building. It's
1: socialization.
2: Yeah, socialization, and it's nice to have. Role models and positive adult figures in your life that are not your parents. Mm-hmm. And where do you get that? You can get that in sports. You get in a little league. You've got a great little league coach who, you know, can you, you still look fondly back at years later. I, mean, I can still think of some of the coaches I've had in my life and the positive impact that they've made. So hopefully with this revitalization of Stokes Field, Northwest Little League comes back in and it's just it's a win win all the way around. Yeah.
3: And I, I felt so bad for the um, the woman who was in charge of the, uh, the Little League who was trying to keep things going. I'm blanking on her name.
0: Uh, last but, name, Bryant. Yeah, uh, Dawn. Uh, uh, yes, Dawn Bryant.
3: Um, but she was talking about, you know, that she tried so hard to get more people to volunteer. And I was telling talking to Katie about this earlier. I'm seeing this at our church. I'm seeing this at some of the community organizations that I'm involved in everybody is hurting for volunteers right now. It's like COVID happened. Yeah. We were all sent home. We got to spend some time sitting around the house watching Netflix. And now, you know, that things are open back up. People are like, they're just not getting back on with the things that they were doing before. And it's, we just got to get back in, in supporting our communities and volunteering and being part of things again, because just sitting at home on our phones is not um, helping our community. So-
1: well, th- you know, one of the things that I've seen, you know, to tag onto that a little bit is um, there is a group of youngins, if you will, younger <laughs> younger leaders who are kind of starting to step up. I can remember, you know, 10 years ago when I was doing a lot with the chamber, there weren't a lot of young leaders, but now there seem to be a lot of younger Leaders in the community that are starting to step up and take over those roles. And it's just, it's really easy. And I think anybody who's trying to fill a board position or you're looking at boards, it's that old 80 20 rule. You got mm-hmm. about 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you're going to burn them out. So there's mm-hmm. got to be some new people to step up and go, hey, we want to help and be a part of that too. And sometimes people simply don't know how to get involved. Mm-hmm. They don't think, they don't realize I could just call and go, hey, I want to be, I want to help with that. Mm-hmm. I think they sometimes wait to be asked when you don't really have to. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think young people, and I can say this because I'm 23 years old. um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're contemporary?
0: Just going to throw that out there. But I I, I think one thing that I want to mention is that young people really do want to work. I think there's this misconception out there that young people are lazy and they don't want to work. They want to sit at home on their phones all day. And I can tell you that's just not the case, Um, at least with the people I know. Mm Um, I think there's a lot of young people out there that have a, a lot to give to society and and these jobs and these board positions. And um, it's great to see that so many of them are starting to step up um, in a in a post-COVID world.
2: I can't speak for Katie, but I can speak for us three. Other people need to step up for the baseball coaching positions for, for Stokes Field. Because I can't imagine a team being very good coached by you, Chris. No, <laughs> you've already said no. you're not a sports person. I, yeah,
1: I, I can't
3: help. a
2: vague idea about what baseball is. He still thinks I, it's a touchdown when you knock <laughs> it out of the park. <laughs> it's like American cricket, right? It's like American, American cricket. cricket. <laughs> you're such
1: a. I I was a dugout mom at one point.
2: See, that's why I didn't want to speak and for you. I'm
1: not going to say I was a good one. I might have, you know. I might have got hit in the mouth a few times with baseball helmets or something, and maybe said some words I might have should not have. <laughs> but,
0: um, what were those words, Katie? Yeah, I cannot say that. Hey, on this air. is a podcast. Um, we're but not. I was
1: um, a dugout mom at one point.
2: So, Katie can coach; the rest of us cannot. I cannot coach.
1: I I can't even wrangle little kids. It's like herding cats. Okay.
0: Wow. So, so nobody call us if you need to. You yeah, right. call us for coach. For coach.
2: Yeah. Wow. I remember my first. My I'll never forget my first day of little league practice when I realized the ball was not soft when you get to hardball. <laughs> you know, when you're playing with an actual baseball and not a wiffle ball, I cried because I was afraid I was gonna get hit with it. <laughs> so
1: that pitching machine is scary. That does that, that story doesn't even surprise me.
3: <laughs> so no, I, I actually did play little league. Um so I, I, I'm I'm a little, uh you know Josh, just a little bit I do know a little bit about baseball, but my career ended when my Career very ended. my very athletic dad, who was captain of his basketball team, was trying to teach me how to uh, catch a fly ball, and I kind of commingled the sun with the ball and how had mingled. had yeah that's a sports term and I had. <laughs> Had the the my hands above my head and the ball went directly between my hands and uh, clocked me in the forehead and I like fell down and cried and that was the end of uh, baseball for me. That
1: was the end of your baseball career. That was
3: the end of my baseball
0: career. <laughs> Jake, did you ever play little league? I I did play little league. They called me um because I was a chunky kid. They called me little Babe Ruth. That's what they that's what they called me when I when I would go out onto the field. How do you have any other? characteristics like babe or was it just the chunky uh, it was just the chunky i was not good at baseball okay. so i'm not saying batting average I, and no no i believe it was the last game of the season i hit my first ball all right and it made it all the way to the pitcher wow and oh
1: how how proud (laughs) your parents were well
0: they they were proud until this chubby little kid couldn't make it to first base (laughs) so um that's that that was my one little little league story that i have
1: well Um, hopefully the the revitalizing that that will inspire some young children to get out there and want to join little league and be on mm -hmm. a team and inspire some people to get out there and want to (laughs) volunteer
2: just don't ask chris to teach you how to catch a pop-up that's right that's (laughs) right
1: Or Jake Co- to help get. The- yeah. <laughs> let's not commingle the ball in the
0: sun. <laughs> That's an author's word right there. Right. Commingle. <laughs> all right, all right. How much time do we have left? We have time for one more story. Okay, cool. Let's um, let's talk about this one a little bit. We, we were talking about the county, so I'll throw this one in there. Um, this is one that I wrote. Uh, From the county commission meeting on Monday, the headline county looks to hire director of continuous improvement uh, improvement, sorry, to assist with growing needs. And so basically, there's going to be a brand new position in Montgomery County government. Uh, This person's going to basically work for the mayor's office. They're going to be under the mayor and the chief of staff. And they're kind of really going to help things internally as far as working with department heads to to. Get things done faster, I guess, to improve things. To improve things, director, because the school has a position. Yeah, Montgomery well, County has a. Uh, what happens is,
1: and, and I do think it's a needed position. I mean, if you think about our own reality, everybody's got great ideas of things to do, but it's always having that person to execute it. So then, what happens is, then the person who's already got fifteen other jobs has to take on something extra, and so these good ideas can't come to fruition. Did I use that word right? Yeah, of I have a tendency to mess up my words. That's okay. And, it's a good thing we
0: all work in communication. Uh, <laughs>
1: yes, yes, <laughs> right. yes. And so I think it's good to have somebody to take the charge and to execute the vision because, you know, sometimes your employees have a lot going on already and you don't want to add more layers to what they're already doing. And I think that's what's been happening so far.
3: One of the dynamics of this is, um, you know, in, in Clarksville and in Montgomery County, um, we have this strong mayor set up. In a lot of communities, you'll have a mayor who is a more of a figurehead, somebody to go cut the ribbons Mm -hmm. and be at the events and give speeches. And then you have separate from that, a city administrator Mm -hmm. or county executive Mm -hmm. whose role is purely administrative, um, who handles, you know, hirings and firings and personnel matters and, you know, overseeing this and that and doing sort of doing the nuts and bolts business of the of the community. Um, but in Clarksville and in Montgomery County, the mayor is both, both a figurehead and the top executive, um, which makes it really difficult to get stuff done if you want to get stuff done. I mean, talk to anybody who's been mayor of either of these communities and they're basically on 24 seven and they don't get a break until they leave office.
1: Um,
3: so I think as hesitant as I am to see, you know, government growing, I think, um, in this case, it may, does make sense if there's, Things you want to get done at the city or county level, you need to have people who are going to be able to get it done. And if you're expecting your mayor to be at every little event and give speeches mm-hmm. and shake hands, well, you need to give some executive support to, to, the, to that figurehead, to that leader.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point because that was one point that was brought up during the meeting is that, you know, there's so many times that the, these projects and initiatives are, you know, given to people that have another full-time job. I mean, it's just mm. simply, you know, the way things are and that they, they just don't happen or they don't happen to their full potential. So having this position, um, I think, will help that a little bit and, and help things to, to happen quicker and better. So Maybe a better name, though,
2: because the director <laughs> of continuous improvement, that's a lot of pressure. you got to be improving things all the time if you're not improving something on your day-to-day job,
0: you've failed because you're the director of continuous improvement. it's impossible. supposed to be continuous.
1: It's not the director of part-time improvement. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to say the salary pays $150,000 a year. So I well, think... Well, wasn't uh,
1: it the way I read it and, and clarified how it, much? Me, it, no, I don't, it was me? It was salary and benefits. So, yeah, yeah. So starts that, at, so, the
0: salary starts at one twenty two. So
1: that includes their medical benefits, you know, all the benefits that the county, the government has to pay to. That, they're counting that as part of that one fifty. So it's not they're making 150 and then they get mm-hmm. all that. They're counting that the benefits are included in that 150.
2: If it was the director of occasional improvement, <laughs> I might put my resume in cuz I could do <laughs> occasional improvements. Occasional, that kind of money. Is yeah.
1: that 80/20 rule? Well, 20% of the things work out. other 80 we, you know.
3: Well, no. one of the more interesting things I thought about when um I think this is in your article Jake was that you know, the county does have a chief of staff, but they've kind of bounced back and forth between Sometimes they'll have a chief of staff who's very external oriented and Mm. is out there in the community doing stuff. And sometimes they have a chief of staff who's more internal oriented and is getting things done behind the scenes, you know, among the uh, staff. But they haven't really had anybody who's able to do both effectively and just as well. So this kind of separates out the two. So you've got somebody focused on internal matters and somebody who's focused on external stuff. Um, That that makes sense.
1: I'm going to ask a question that makes me look like I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Who is Mayor Golden's chief of
0: staff? I have no idea. Well, Jake Googles <laughs> that.
1: I, I mean, really, I, I, know. I, I
0: did because I looked at it for the article, but it's not I somebody I talked who Mayor to Mayor was, of my head. but I didn't Let's know see. if he.
1: I mean, didn't he? Google didn't. it for
2: a second, Jake. Okay. Um, I will say that I was talking to Mayor Golden's wife, Sarah, the other day, mm-hmm. and I may have given him his campaign slogan for his reelection if he decides oh, to no. run again.
3: Oh no! What have you done?
2: What And I'm thinking she likes it because she didn't give me that look. Sometimes, you know, when I give a bad idea, you get a look like, eh, not, not, not Sometimes happening. Sometimes
1: I just don't want to hurt your feelings. That's right? true.
2: <laughs> so if this turns out to be the case, so if Mayor Golden runs for re-election in two and a half, three years, and his campaign slogan is, stay golden, Montgomery County, then you'll know that I was the one who came up with that. Okay, that's I'm not bad. I'm pretty
1: sure that's not going to happen. You don't like it? I think she just didn't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> How
2: long did it take you to Google? What Wi-Fi are you on? You want dial-up over there, Jake?
1: I, I,
0: I'm really trying. Um, so for some reason, there's there's like no AOL minutes or something.
1: He may not have one yet. I mean, he may not.
0: Um, Lee Harrell was the last one. So, and that was, he was appointed on June 22nd of 2022. Okay. All right. Sounds like that's the guy. So then maybe that's, it's not somebody I talk to on a daily basis. Okay. Like for, for stories. Okay. Do I have to know everything? (laughs) What did
2: we learn in this podcast? Jake was called Babe Ruth, not because of his skills on the field. And he has the slowest internet on the planet. Chris uses big words.
1: And Ryan has silly ideas <laughs> that he thinks in his own head are great.
0: Stay golden, Montgomery County. <laughs> there you go. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. Awesome.
1: Well, Jake, thank you for bringing us all together to do these podcasts and giving us all this information about what's going on in the community. I've had a lot of fun today.
0: Yeah, this has been awesome. Uh, it's great to uh, sit in because I, I don't get to talk with each of you. Um, in one place, you ever. had no this idea like how cool time. we
1: really were. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So
0: this is uh, this has been really fun. I look forward to the next one.
3: And you're learning something about each one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan has uh, tender little, uh, delicate innards, <laughs> delicate innards, and great ideas, <laughs> and great ideas. <laughs> Katie can handle hot food. Can. I
1: love hot food. Yeah. And, and I commingle
3: the
2: sun with uh, baseballs. Exactly.
3: <laughs> and
1: Chris has been using big words since a gl- young child. <laughs>
2: wow. Awesome. Jake, next week, leave the drinking on the clock. Out of the podcast
0: when Katie's here. Gotcha. We'll do. We'll do. Can you put the bush light under the table real quick?
1: (laughs)